We're Arctic Monkeys. This is Don't Believe the Art. That rock and roll, eh? Ladies! That sound means it's the end of the game. Time for the bonus question. Cheers, dude. That man just yawned. What do you call it, though? Don't Believe the Art. What do I call it? Don't Believe the Art. He's right. We did call it Don't Believe the Hype. This is Don't Believe the Hype, the weekly Arctic Monkeys podcast, taking a look back at a track from the discography of the band of a generation. Chronologically, may I add. So that's always good, isn't it? If you thought we were just going to pick a track. Imagine we started and just picked a song at random every week. And like I love a wheel every week for a song. When you don't have a prepared intro, you just you just reflect on Alex's last line every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same. On, I'm the same on my football podcast with the goal that we've got in the intro video. I'll just about football. Be like, That's a good goal, wasn't it? <laughs> you like better about you calling me Ross last night. Yes, we are. But this is the final episode of one point series one point five, the little bridging series in mm. between to to get us from who the fuck are Arctic Monkeys to Brian Storm. We needed something, and luckily the band obliged with this little standalone single. They did. They did. So we'll be with you for the next indeterminate amount of time. The, the, the listeners would agree that if we'd have just locked this onto the series one, the last episode of series one, song wise, would have been Baby and Yours, and might be a bit weird. So that's why we kept it separate. And we also, you also wouldn't taste, want it. You also wouldn't want the first three episodes of series two to be Live for Lights Come On. Put you some yeah, well, well, so, yeah, well, I think well, we made the right decision. Even though we made the right decision, my OCD is still going mental right now, just thinking yeah, of you power through, it's nearly over. <laughs> It'll be out there in the world and you can forget about it soon. <laughs> oh god. And then, and then it's time for me to go out in the world and it's gonna be horrible. Anyway, I'm Nick Lee. He's um piping slippers and rocking chair. Well, not quite. Not far off though. Get in there. Dan Holt. Hi Dan. Mm-hmm. Oh, say hello. Really really hello. I, know, I like three wheels for these episodes. I know really it's like um it. it's 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 yeah, we've done it. We've been there and we've done it, haven't we? So we're just back now again. You've just listened to us and potentially you listen to us again. Unless you broke in between. Should have got changed. You know, like they do you know like when they film like twelve quiz shows in a day and they have to change outfits between every one. Well, I haven't even changed since last night. Since last night's episode, I've kept it the same. Well, fashion. no, because the t- the t shirt I've got underneath is the same t shirt I was wearing last night. So yeah, because so you kept it more or less the same. Um, yeah, I've kept it kept it the same, not for continuity purposes, just because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, just normal men. Right. Yeah. What? Well, you've already alluded to it, but what are we chatting about? Uh, Baby, I'm yours. A classic song outside of Arctic Monkeys' world, and a classic song perhaps in it for some. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely great tune. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Shall we have a... Love it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed Let's... having a little wiggle to it while I was getting the clips this morning, so I'm going to enjoy having a little wiggle to it now as well. Baby, I'm yours.
I'm gonna stay right here by your side. Do my best to keep you satisfied. Nothing in the world could drive me away. Every day you hear me say, Baby, I'm yours. Baby, I'm yours. And I'll be Oh, I do want to go out now. I want to go out on the prowl, on the on the miles, <laughs> as they probably call it. Go, going out on the miles. Yeah, but not not tonight, mate. Right, you go go to bed and listen to this. Lean on the bar, nursing a pine, and just bobbing my head to a tune like this, and watching my, watching the world go by. That's what I want. I need to go make all the food. It's only two star. Yeah, absolutely um beautiful tune and we'll discuss it more in a moment. But shall we shall we do a little information action ratio on this and the original, much like we did moments ago? Baby I'm Yours, the Arctic Monkeys version, is 2 minutes and 32 seconds long with a surprisingly whopping 190 million streams on Spotify. They might all be from me, actually. Um, and it was produced by Mike Crossy and Andrew Rugg again. The original... Well, actually... Okay, so the original track, written by Van McCoy and released by Barbara Lewis in June 1965, has 10 points... Van McCoy has 10.7 million streams on Spotify. So, uh, Art Monkey's version... Uh, I mean, probably because this was a huge single at every time, obviously. It's not been streamed a lot, but... Surprising amount of streams there on the old Art Monkey's one when I saw it. More than Leave for Lights one. The most streamed track on this EP. <laughs> I wonder how many Art Monkey's fans have had this as their wedding song. A lot. I actually... Uh, well, more on that in a bit, actually. Breaking news from this week. But um, should we have a listen to the original before I go into any detail on it? If that breaking news is that you've got married and I didn't get to do a speech, I'm going to be fucking livid. Baby, <laughs> I'm yours. And I'll be yours until the stars fall from the sky. Yours until Yours until the poets run out of rhyme is the type of lyric you expect Alex to. It does sound like an Irish lyric, and we'll, yeah, like I say, we'll delve into the track in a minute, but it it does, doesn't it? It does fit like that. Um, Mm. But I, um, yeah, very, very uh, nice, that. Very nice. Uh, Very sultry, Mm. sultry lady, old Barbara Lewis, isn't she? Barbara, yeah. Babs. Uh, Barbara Lewis first recorded Baby I'm Yours. 
because in a January, sorry, in on January 8th, 1965, in an Atlantic recording studio in New York City, the session directed by Burt Burns, with the producer credited assigned to Lewis's manager, Ollie McLaughlin, the session for the track featured teacher Wiltshire conducting his orchestra. His personnel included Clark Terry and Dud Bascom on trumpets, Jimmy Cleveland and Tony Stud on trombones, Frank Haywood Henry, baritone sax, Charlie Brown on tenor and sax, Paul Griffin, piano, Bill Sutka guitar, Jimmy Lewis bass, Gary Chester drums, and Artie Butler on percussion slash hand claps, which I want on my CV. Percussion slash hand claps. Yeah. There's, there's a few songs like from that era where I wish I could be credited with some of the hand claps on it. <laughs> so some of those names are very much of the era, aren't they? Like, as if you haven't got enough with like Van McCoy and you got Burt Burns in the studio and yeah. Ali McGlaxley. Charlie Brown and the yeah, Charlie Clark. Brown band. Hey, that's Clark Terry and Doug Bascom. <laughs> Jimmy Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I just see, I'm really worried I'm going to watch Pointless. John Griffin. Pointless oh, Paul Griffin, sorry. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be on pointless tonight. It's gonna be like American presidents, and I'm just gonna be reciting all these names. That's all I'm gonna have in my head now. Either way, won't really matter, will it? You don't win anything anyway because you're at home. Um, Barbara Lucas has <laughs> one little one little bit of fun. I'm not going out tonight, so I'm gonna sit down and watch pointless and have a takeaway. But no, it's because because I don't win anything. It's just a takeaway endeavor. Don't think we're gonna tell you now. Oh, okay, uh, Barbara. Um, well, you, you that would annoy me. But I know you, you'd rather tell me than I want to hear it. So you're not going to win that. I don't know. I'm probably going to get some chicken. I think I might get chickadees in Cheadle. It's a good little, good little chicken place. Little chicken not. Um, I used to really like. Um, what's it called? Opposite the pub. There, I used to like that chicken place. I can't remember what it's called now. There's this person's name, I think. Oh, chili, Freddy's. Freddy's. I like Freddy's. I like the. I like oh, the chicken. red salt they put on the fries. Delicious. Well, everywhere uh, does that now, Perry's Salt. Yeah, yeah. That's, know, that's, yeah. that's stuff now, yeah. Yeah, uh, but it didn't used to be. Um, Barbara Lewis <laughs> has taken... <laughs> what a boring, <laughs> what a boring... Com... <laughs> you fucking boring fucking cunt. <laughs> You're the one that said it. I just said I like the red salt. You're the one that said it. Yeah, everyone knows. Barbara Lewis. <laughs> Barbara just got Lewis... visions of my dad coming home like, you know what's everywhere now, that bloody red salt. <laughs> oh, yeah, square. That is something that your dad specifically would say. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's funny red salt coming over here. <laughs> We're both turning to your dad. Barbara Lewis has stated that Van McCoy wrote Baby I'm Yours specifically for her. When she first heard the demo, Lewis disliked the song uh, so much, um, she suggested that she was actually daunted by the high quality of the vocal uh, that Vo uh, Van McCoy did himself on the demo. At the original session, she didn't put 100% into the vocal performance, hoping that Atlantic would shelve the track as subpar. Ollie McLaughlin told me, Barbara, <laughs> Barbara, we're going to have to go back to Detroit and dub you in. we got to do your vocals over. You're just not giving like you should on the song. We did itty bitty, <laughs> the little itty bitty chef. Little Barbara, chef. we're going to have to go back to Detroit. You know what they have everywhere these days, Barbara? Red salt. They got red salt everywhere these days. You didn't used to be able to get it. Only get it in Texas. They're going to Colorado. Red salt. <laughs> red salt. You perform this song, I'll buy you a gallon of red salt. You'll have gallons of red salt all over this town. <laughs> I'll call you the red salt queen. You cut this song out, Barbara. You quit in your uh, driveway with the shit. <laughs> uh, we did several takes and he was wondering how am I going to get this girl to how am I going to get this girl to give she's so hard headed you know what Barbara I'll get you some red salt Karen can sing that song better than you that was his little daughter 
so he said to her that my daughter can sing this song better than you and that pissed her off so she did one more take and that was the take that they selected it has also been reported that lewis dubbed a vocal in chicago studio just goes to show that um uh, insulting someone and bullying someone does get the best out of them. Um, shades, shades of Harry Redknapp. Do you remember when Darren Bent missed that sitter and Harry Redknapp said, oh, my wife could have scored that? And then Darren oh. Bent's form just fell off a cliff and you never saw him for Spurs again. He's like, that'll do it. Well yeah. done, Harry. And now he just talks shit on TalkSport. Um, but... yeah. <laughs> Tottenham's, Tottenham's loss is TalkSport's loss also. <laughs> and Alice. Released in April 1965, Baby I'm Yours enjoyed staggered regional success, exemplified by the single reaching number one in Detroit as early as June 1965 and peaking at number four in Chicago that August. The national peak of the single was number 11, achieved on the Hot 100 in Billboard, dated August 21st, 1965, and it afforded Lewis a number five in the R&B chart hit as well. I couldn't find out any exact stats on setlist performances on this one, but she did perform it on September 4th, 2004 at the New York State Fair. And last known performance was July 4th, 2008 at the Taste of Minnesota. Barbara is still alive and well today, but sadly Van McCoy passed away in 1979 from a heart attack aged just 39. Think about that when you're consuming all that red salt tonight, Nick. The song is... <laughs> the song has been covered by Peter and Gordon, Brody Miller, Cass Elliott, Linda Lewis, Debbie Boone, Tanya Tucker, Cher, Chris Bartley, Scylla Black, Petula Clark, Donnie Gerard, oh. Susan Jacks, Jack Jones, The Jones Girls, June Lodge, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Houston uh, Person, Maureen McGovern, Nielsen, uh, Phoebe Snow, Diane Steinberg, Bobby V., Bobby Vinton, Kim Weston, Rita Wilson, and a, rent, a French language rendering of Baby I'm Yours entitled Je Patens was a 1965 single released by Pierre Lalonde. Back to the Arctic's version. Some heavyweights there. Bloody hell. Yeah, classic, isn't it? Back to the Silla Blackman, heavyweight. Back to the Arctic's version, the 747. <laughs> 747s were an indie. <laughs> Don't like uh, her. Don't like it on. I know, I know. You've said the 747s were an indie band from Liverpool, England. Again, they bloody love Liverpool bands, don't they, Artie Monkeys? Their debut album, Arno, was released in September 2006. The band supported the Raconteurs on their first UK tour the same year. Other bands they supported include The Strokes and The Frills. Singer uh, Osin Leach. Oshin. Oishin. I've, 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 I've done my research. I uh, messaged four Irish people today. Make so sure I, you oishin the red salt into this chicken. you got to oishin it right in there. <laughs> Singer Oishin Leach appears on the Arctic Monkeys cover of Barbara Lewis's Baby I'm Yours sharing lead vocals. The band split and the lead singer Oishin Leach, <laughs> to keep saying it now, is part of the duo The Lost Brothers with former guitarist of the basement, Mark McCausland. All names of bands I've never bloody heard there. The band split <laughs> and the... <laughs> The bassist Ned Crawford started a band, Smoky Angle Shades, with lead guitarist Fred Stitz, who later joined. These names aren't that different to the ones from the fucking six. Fred Stitz. Fred Stitz has got the largest factory of red salt production in Minnesota, who later joined the band UK based indie band Razorlight on bass. Oh, shame for him. Uh, I tried to find some info on how this collab came about between um, 747s and Arctic Monkeys, and I couldn't, so I've made up in my head that uh, Miles and the Little Flames introduced them, and they decided to do a song together, a cover of this. Which is quite feasible, really, isn't it? Probably about right, that, yeah. 
Yeah. I I must have seen these live. And I didn't realise I had. But when you said they supported the raconteurs, I, I went to that tour. Raconteurs first tour over here. Memorable. So I must then. have seen them and not realised. No, it was uh, 17 years ago. Yeah. And I, to be fair, I was just getting very annoyed by the, the amount of people just begging for Seven Nation Army for the whole fucking gig. Just mm. literally in between two songs where people start going... It's like, well, hey, it's not a White Stripes gig. You know, go and see him solo now. He'll play it. But it was his other band. I will, I will say that the raconteurs were like one of the worst uses of the term supergroup. It was about as super as fucking... Supergroup doesn't know. work if you've only heard of one of the bands. That, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, does it? It's not like when um, them cookie vultures with like Led Zeppelin bass player in it and stuff. And, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Played Foo Fighters, <laughs> Queensland, Stone Age, Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you're a supergroup. But yeah, yeah, so I couldn't oh, find out how that... Do you know anything about it? Vultures, like Dave Grohl was in most of the bands. Like, oh, <laughs> me- members of Nirvana, Foo Fighters and Queens of Stone Age. Well, that's, that's just Dave Grohl. That's just Dave Grohl, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, do you know anything about how it came about? There's, there's just no information out there. I assume it no, was just that, a, a, dr- a drunken conversation they had, maybe out with Miles and Little Flames, and they decided to... to they went, oh, we love this song. Do you want to come in and do it? That's, that's all I can assume. Maybe it stemmed from... Because they obviously did that MTV gig in Liverpool that we did the watch along for, so maybe maybe they met him around that time, possibly. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, the the fact that there's no information out there just shows how little, <laughs> like, there was not even any sort of Reddit Reddit post wondering, so it shows how little people care. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah. I've heard a lot of people don't realise it's in collaboration with the Seven Four Sevens. Well, I I I so. The Ocean Ocean Leech. I listened to some of the seven four sevens the other day just to see. He sounds nothing like he does nope. on okay. them when he sings this. And to the point where I actually um I actually when I first heard it, before I knew anything, like when I first heard this song, I'd never heard it. I'd never heard of Barbara Lewis, I didn't know anything about it. And I first assumed that what had happened is that the 747s were an old band from the 60s that performed this song and and the original singer was was in the track singing it as well because it sounds like an he sounds like an old man to me in the song. He yeah. sounds quite old, not like a 20-year-old from an indie band from Liverpool, but especially since he doesn't sound like that on any other, so he must be trying to replicate Maybe that's a, why well replicate a, a sound. But maybe him and Alex felt like kindred spirits because they're both singing a certain style when they want to be crooning. Maybe, maybe not too much kindred spirits though, because we've never heard of him again. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, they, uh, but, but yeah, maybe at the time that was it. Because I, I assume from what we know now, in terms of the stuff with the car and the interviews about his dad and listening to old songs and that, I imagine he knows this from from those days, from little car trips with his dad or whatever. Yes, yeah, I, that, I would yeah. assume. Yeah, I would assume that was the where this the idea. I, I fully believe Alex brought this to the table to to cover. Oh, I'd love to cover this. Yeah. Do you do you reckon that Oshin Leach had um maybe when they were doing this, Alex said, Oh, I'm gonna do a little side project like Scott Walker inspired. So I'll give you a call and we'll get it going. And then I bet Oshin is just still sat at home now, like he's gonna call. He's gonna call. <laughs> and uh gonna well, this call. is it. That, that's another thing, they couldn't have been that kindred spirits because mere months, oh sorry, mere one year after this, he decided to start a band that that had song sound like this with miles and he didn't i didn't go like oh ocean do you want to come over to 
France and just help us record this or whatever. Like that never happened, did it? So yeah. Do you remember when there was a rumor going around that Liam Frey was going to join Last Shadow Puppets? Do you remember that rumor? No, don't make me sick. Even retroactively, and I know it didn't happen. I still feel sick uh, thinking about that. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to look it up now, won't I? But I'm not a fan uh... of the man or the the band really much, but the man especially. I've 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 heard things. I know people. Obviously, he's from round here, and people we know know him. And he was about our age as well when they came out. So all I can say is, well, I can't say anything publicly. But <laughs> not a fan. He, he, he was at he was at one of my house, one of my early house parties as well. I maybe it was you then that told me something about him that I didn't like. I don't think so. Uh, Would I have been there? Would I've, I speak I've met, to him? I've, I've, met, I've met him a few times and stuff. No, because he was just like, on his own. He just turned up. He used to just turn up at house parties like with his guitar and just play tunes and stuff. Well, like maybe that. That, that I wouldn't have liked that, so that's why I don't no, like. No, uh, <laughs> even then, <laughs> even then, yeah, it's, it's not that kind of thing. Um, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't like. You know what I would say about him? The impression I get, like people that are like arrogant and smug, but are in a band that uh, have not really done much to warrant that. Like that, you've you well done. You've made a successful career in Manchester, and you can keep doing like they can do like Heat and Park in Manchester. You can't even touch that anywhere else. That's how his venue. So it's it's like you know, well done. You've you've pigeonholed that career, but let's not be like you, Liam Gallagher. Do you know what I mean? Don't give me the swagger. Liam Gallagher gets the swagger because he was in one of the biggest bands in the world, so he's allowed the swagger. But yeah, and not having, they always not get not a sense with people. Coffee, I think it, I think a lot of my hatred comes from people at the time saying stuff to me like, God, seeing a shit all over Arctic Monkeys, and I'd be like, you know, if you just fucking wait, mate. You just fucking I wait. I genuinely, <laughs> genuinely loved the first Cortina's album. The first Cortina's album is one of my favourites. I really enjoyed that. And to be fair to him, they have like sold out like Hyde Park in London fairly recently. Mm -hmm. so fair play to yeah. him. But it just feels though. like they're just, they're just a placeholder for, for our Oasis gigs. It feels like all the people who go to Cortina and, and old Arctic Monkeys gig. They're of a time. Yeah. It's that crowd. The crowd that go, oh, Arctic Monkeys have gone shit now. They're the crowd that go into the Cortina's gigs because they they want to. They still go to the Arctic Monkeys gigs, annoyingly, but they go to the Cortina's gigs to get that slice of that year. But I don't know, mature cons. Yeah. Anyway, um, Cortina's, but not not for me. I'm just not a fan. So uh, I just don't. I just I, I find it hard to respect bands that don't progress. And I know that's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying for me, I just find it hard to, especially if you if you milk it. I don't know. Um, like, I don't well. I don't mind it if you know what you are. Let's not pretend you're better than you are. Is all I'm saying. Know your place. The real superstars like your Bowie's, your Arctic Monkeys, more humble. And they're the ones that are actually decent. They could be like, we're the best band in the world and all this stuff, apart from like jokes they've made. But the real the real big stars are usually quite humble. Like I think someone, is that famous quote of David Bowie, isn't there, where someone says to him, what's it like? Um, innovative, change music. He lists all this stuff about David Bowie. And David Bowie goes, that's Radiohead. Or something like that. And it's like that's kind of that's kind of what you want from your, your superstars, I think your legends is a bit of humble like all the police, know. Richard Orley's been robbed. Exactly that, Nick. Exactly yeah. that. Um but uh yeah, um good song this, isn't it? Love it. I haven't been really shocked actually when I first heard it because we hadn't heard like I know we talk about like Riot Van having little aspirations and stuff, but I don't um like I don't I, we haven't heard anything that would make us think that Artie Monkeys would do a song like this at this point, have we? Like, I mean, maybe no, even no buses that don't touch on this. So this crooner, and obviously it's very interesting now from where we sit now, isn't it, to hear this kind of song? Because I think, do you think they've got a song like this? At, like, I don't know with music now how it works, but I feel like I feel like at some point soon, all this 
experiment in a different sound of Isaac Monkeys is going to culminate in a, in a, like a famous song, like a big song. Yeah. Like, yeah. but it's hard to know when you're in it, I suppose, what that's going to be. And I personally think Mirrorball is close to, to a, like a classic tune. If that had been released in the sixties, people would still be listening to it now and going, Oh, what a tune. Yeah. But you know, um, I think they're getting to this point where they're going to, they, they've got like a song like baby I'm yours in that will stand the test of time forever in them. I think, I think that's what we're building towards. Yeah, I, I Maybe I'm being yeah. deluded, but that's that's what I feel like we're going to have because they've done that before. When you think count them out, they're not, and then they drop AM, you know. Um, so it's one of one of the. I mean, I personally think a lot of songs of Suck in C should be held in that regard as like well, it's, it's love songs should be won't be because people are idiots. But correct, can't, can't have it all, can you? <laughs> this this is one of the possibly the first instance of the band sort of introducing a lesser known song to a new audience, which I like as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely made. It's a song that I've never forgot, and uh, yeah, I mean, mm. I just think, yeah, you know what? As well, looking at the picture that you've chosen, which for non-subscribers um, is a, a jukebox, um, I just think Alex has got like a an unchained melody in him. Do you know what I mean? Like one of those songs well, that just changes. Where's that jukebox from, by the way? Where's, where's that jukebox from? Is it from the "Why Don't You Call Me When You High" video? Oh. Teddy Picker, that's it, yeah. yeah Just yeah. as they sing, it wasn't in the top 100 Teddy list. Picker. He has a little point at the jukebox. Maybe I'm oh, yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, beautiful. All links. All no, links. I, I do think I, I do think there's a, that, that seminal song is still in. Because obviously, Do What I Know with Massive, 505 had, has had that revival. Cause it's seminal in, in, anyway. um, in, in terms of a song that would, because Do What I Know and that, uh, really people like, but like that would that would be mass audience, you know, like a like a yeah. Your Song or, you know, those songs yeah, that yeah. will always be there. Yeah, I, I do think, I still think there's one of them to come. Because lyrically, he, he shits all over a lot of the classic love songs. So like you say, it is quite lyrically similar to this, the way Alex writes mm. lyrics. You can imagine him, yeah. I'm yours until the stars fall from the sky and stuff. Yeah. And it does sound like suck it and see a bit, doesn't it? Lyrically, this I can so. see how people people like n- new to early Arctic stuff can just it can just pass them by that this is a cover because it does seem like something he'd write. Yeah, definitely. I think if it didn't, if I didn't know, I think when I first heard it, if it didn't have the other singer in it, if Ocean wasn't in it, which made me think about it, if it had just been Alex the whole way through, I think I would have assumed. For a while until I heard otherwise that that it was um it was an Arctic Monkey song that they'd written, but um because especially when you hear Favorite Worst Nightmare, you know, it isn't a million miles away from like only ones who know or something. So they they've got that sound in them. So but yeah, actually, you know what, suck it and the, the song Suck It and See should be a classic love song that transcends the sense time. I mean, it's it's perfect, it's a perfect pop tune. I actually was thinking about that on a subscriber pod that we're gonna be recording for one of our subscribers requested a song in terms of jangly pop guitar. Suck it and see is perfect in my opinion as a jangly pop love song. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, I remember. I do remember, like, but like after the initial shock, I guess it did make sense, and and obviously we got a glimpse of where we're going now. His performance vocally um, similar to the first album, but there is he is obviously trying to croon like he does in in Riot. It's coming, isn't it? But it's not so jarring that he's just gone straight from the John Cooper Clark style accent thing straight to croon in it it's like a nice little no there's a progression because it's like you get a a little bit in in riot van then you get a little bit in despair and no buses then you get this then you get only ones who know um and perhaps five or five you could throw in there as well and then and then you get shadow puppets and then yeah and then yeah so there is a progression of that there and then leading up obviously to the car no I, i just remember thinking like 
it's hard to say because the original is a classic, obviously. So we can't say mm. that that's Monkey's version is better again. Obviously, this is a classic tune, and what a song to write, by the way, for Van McCoy. What a tune! It was always going to be a hit, like wasn't it? If as long as they did it right with the right singer, it were always going to be a big hit because it's just just a catchy. Imagine it in the like little sixties, you know, cracking it on jukebox in a little uh, thing with people dancing to it. I think, I think the the I do prefer the Artix version, and perhaps that's like obviously a bias coming in but the reason being that there's like a sweet sincereness to to the artics version like an like something very young and innocent about it it's like a love song that somebody would write who's 17 18 and yeah yeah Yeah. it's got that to it which is funny because obviously it didn't i mean i don't know how if Anne mccoy died in 1979 age 39 then when he wrote this 14 years he would have been uh, 25. Well, people aged a lot more then. Like 39 then was actually like reasonable age because most people would die in the 50s anyway or something like that. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because of, of the lifestyle. But um, but yeah, um, backing vocals are, are very much in vain with what will, t- and sorry, in line with what will come from Helders as well with AM and shit. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Some n- nice harmonies in this. Very yeah. nice harmonies. Yeah. He's got a very. Um, What's the what's the harmony band that they always sing it in um Always Sunny? I don't know if you've seen it yet, but they're obsessed with this like out in the cold now. Yeah, like East Coast Blues on the what are they called now. Ah, it's a band that do harmonies from like a nineties boy band that that kind of gets passed by. Um I think they were um a black group and they weren't as maybe as successful lovers, but they kind of got a cult. Oh the cold now. East Coast not Boys to Men. Boys not boy is it boys to men? I don't know. That's the first group I could think of. Maybe it is up. Boys to Men, but they didn't get like the they didn't get to the credit of like you know like a Backstreet Boys or something is what I mean by that. Like people mm. now reflectively, but they weren't as big as they were because maybe America's a bit racist. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boys <laughs> to Men. Um, yeah, I, mean, I had a Boys to Men CD when I was a kid. I think it must have like been one of my mums or something. But I remember listening to it. I it had the like really proper like nineties font on it. Right, yeah, oh. nighty style. Um, but yeah, my, my announcement is now I haven't got married <laughs> this way that would be my, um is that um so we've always said that our first song would be Sweet Dreams TN um because of of something that happened when we first got together. But we've always pondered that as a as an actual song, it would be hard to do a first dance too, mm. you know. So I said, like, listen to this as a as a I've got a potential backup here. So if we can't do Sweet Dreams CN, because we might have to get, if there's a band we have, we might get them to do Sweet Dreams CN differently so that we could dance to it. But so what about this one? Yeah, different changes to sing, but, you know. Moving on. And she went, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting a speech, that's enough, isn't it? She, um, she, I'd rather sing. Basically, <laughs> she, she agreed. She agreed. So Baby I'm Yours could well be the, the first dance happening so yeah i was very excited about I that i've got two DJ alex songs locked in with no arguments here <laughs> mainly because yeah, i think it, her be, favorite band you know, of all time radiohead who she's just as obsessive as i am about it monkey she there's none of them that she could realistically have as a first dance song at a wedding so so um so so basically i get to pick but what if she says like oh you know those those songs that have let you lock in well in return nick's not coming why would you say that? She really likes you. <laughs> it, make, it makes, it makes the, the women feel uncomfortable. Oh, well, there is that. Yeah, but um, 
I don't know. I'm I'm planning. We 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 would always plan on a small wedding, so they're like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of like. I'd love to get a, of a wedding abroad so that I can just not you get away with not inviting people that you don't like them. <laughs> no, yeah. I wouldn't come though. I I wouldn't. I, on principle, I wouldn't come to a destination wedding. Well, even if it was free, if it was paid for, I wouldn't make people pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd make my family. I, I'd make family pay because they should be fucking paying to come. It's my wedding, but um, and I don't care if they don't really, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> but, but but friends, yeah, I might, I might pay friends, yeah. But it's only because I think because when because it's awkward to not invite people. It like you know, like a family that you don't see a lot, and you got to invite them to your wedding. Otherwise, it's awkward. Whereas if you have it abroad, you say, "Oh yeah, you're invited," and they'll go. Oh no, I can't really afford to pay for that and come and that, and it's like oh, okay, it's on them then. It's a good excuse to because it's a good excuse to get out the people like the you know that you don't really want there, in my opinion. So yeah, that's just know that no matter no matter or, how uncomfortable the women that I'm looking at are, just know that I'm even more uncomfortable. I have always I have always said that if we had our um, we're planning like a big trip to LA in Vegas um, when we can do it because we can't really. Um, because we have a dog at the minute and we've got nowhere to take her, but when, but uh, eventually we're going to do it. And I've always said we're we're the definitely the type of people that would get absolutely fucked and decide to get married in Vegas. Like we're so those people. Yeah. Like we just go, yeah. oh, fuck it, it'll be funny. <laughs> yeah, you got, it, you got it written all over you, mate. Yeah, definitely. Hello, Mister Holt. Hello, Mrs. Holt. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I've got not much to say on this. I think it's an absolute belter of a tune. Um, and it's um, a classic. Classic. It's going to be interesting to see. Where where do you think these are going to rank? Because obviously we, we rank the tracks and the B-sides. Are these going to be high up at all for you in your ranking of the B-sides? What of all the songs? Oh, the B-sides. Uh, um, not really. Um, I don't know. Maybe above some, a couple, but not. Yeah. Not. I mean, I don't Probably think. I think. Up. I think they actually. As the are they the only two that are the only two cover B sides? Apart from one on Tranquility, I think they automatically have to go to the bottom of the list. Oh, I think didn't. Red Right Hand as well. Red Right Hand. Is a I love Red Right Hand, but I, I think covers automatically have to go to the end of the list. I think that's the rule because the Arctic Monkeys yeah. didn't write them. So as much as I like them, yeah. But if I were ranking them, this would either be first. Out of the four, this would either be first or second because I do love Red Right Hand, but um, but I love Red Right Hand live more, I suppose. Um, at that time, but because they had the balls to to play it as like the second song oh, and oh, yeah, <laughs> at Leeds Festival. No, no, I, I think it would be up there. I do love it. I love it. Whenever I put it on, it reminds me of. And I am trying to source this these free track demo on vinyl at the minute actually because it's got me invested in them again um but yeah um yeah depends what i have to pay <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, money yeah. over worth is really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah love it oh love lovely stuff oh that just about wraps up our look at baby i'm yours and series 1.5 done in the oh i should just say perhaps we should just say that we should just say as well, to be fair, um, in terms of our favorite, do you have a favorite kind of, I think my, my favorite lyric would be um, the poet, maybe the poets run out of rhyme, like we it said. Yours until the poets run out of rhyme, yeah. Yeah. Although I'm going to stay right here by my side, do my best to keep you satisfied as my favorite moment in the song. That whole bit. Yeah. Baby, I'm yours. Baby, I'm yours. 
and I'll be yours. Uh, the story of our failed band laid out once again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all to see. A lot. Yeah, absolute tune. Uh, well done, Van and Babs. Well done, Van and Babs. Well done. Uh, God rest Van's soul, but Barbara and... still going, still going strong. Most importantly, well done us. I'd say that's series one point five. So we're going to be back in about a month's time, just in time for the start of the UK tour. We've got a special episode for the day that we're going to. We're going to do some bits and bobs during the day as we get progressively in a worse and worse state. So, so the, the four AM recording mm-hmm. is going to be something to behold. God. But what are we back with in four weeks' time, Dan? Oh, I didn't prepare out for it because, you know, the suspense, I want the suspense of people. But, of course, we're coming back with Series 2 and um, the first track on Favourite Worst Nightmare, which is a barnstormer, a Brian 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 Stormer. Brabant. Maybe you should have prepared something. Burn your bras. No, I didn't think I didn't think I don't do the introductions unless it's track by track. I don't do these interseason introductions. Yeah. It's not it's not my style. No. All right. No, no, <laughs> I've set rules, no, and for whatever reason, I've set those rules, and I'll stick to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those arbitrary rules. Oh, it, it felt very much like the Ricky Gervais show then, just with Steve constantly using the word arbitrary. He uses that word a lot, and it really annoys me. Anyway, that is us wrapped up. For, we can go back on holiday for another four weeks now. Well, no, we can't, because we've got other stuff to do. There's loads of other bonus stuff coming in the next week or two as well. Right. That's us. We're out of here. It's Friday. Let's do it. Let's Friday. not go drinking because we're behaving. Although I will be. No, but again, tomorrow. people people listening to this will be listening to this if on the Wednesday again, as we've said, or Thursday, and we will be, we'll quite be drunk, drinking. So, yeah. yeah. So there is that. <laughs> but imagine, imagine we get to meet Pete Doherty, and then we get to post a picture of us with him on the podcast uh, socials. That'll be good, won't it? That would be nice. What are you doing over there? Sorry, my dog's acting very odd at the moment. Just wants feeding. She thinks it's six o'clock, but it's not. Oh, it's quarter past five. That's my feeding time. Right, we are <laughs> get your red here. salt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, red salt. I'm never going to eat red salt again now. I'm sick of hearing about it. <laughs> Every time you pie. eat red salt now for the rest of your life, you're going to imagine me going, get a gallon of red salt in the, yep. the Mississippi River. We sourced it out the Mississippi River. <laughs> it used I'm to be a gold salt, rush, but now it's the red salt rush. Get your basket. Oh, just fucking say goodbye to the nice people. <laughs> goodbye. Red up. <laughs> Help. I believe the hype is hosted and produced weekly by Nick Lee and Dan Holt. Music used in the titles is royalty-free music courtesy of Les FM. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast player of choice to be notified every Wednesday when a new episode is released. And if you want to help us out further, be sure to like and review to help make us more visible to like-minded souls. We'll see you next week with more of the same.